Welcome to The Money Spot, the show where we answer your money questions. I'm your host, Heather Katonga Woodward, and this week's question comes from Flora. Hi, Heather. Flora speaking. Based on the things you told us about investing, my husband and I started putting £125 per month each into our SIP pension. I hope this isn't a silly question, but what are these savings for? When can we expect to start spending that money? And should we expect to start spending that money? And should we try to spend it in a specific way or on specific things? Both my husband and I are 30. We don't plan on having any children and our jobs have fixed pension benefits. Thanks for your help. Thanks for asking this question, Flora. I think it's a great question because a lot of people stop saving because they don't feel the good benefit immediately. It's so far in the future that you can't imagine it, you can't feel it. You think, I'm probably going to be dead by then anyway. Sorry to be morbid. So you just stop to save. So I think it's good to take a step back and think about the reasons why saving even small amounts is a really good thing. So while everyone has a different value system, there are two main reasons that I strongly recommend that people put money either into a self-invested pension plan, as I did for you, or into an ICER. I will focus on the SIP in this discussion, but keep in mind that you could have been doing this through an ICER as well. The first benefit is that it gives you flexibility over when you retire and B, it gives you a sense of security. These funds that you have and are putting aside could help you pay off your mortgage early or spend on some other big thing that you want in the future that you can't even imagine right now. Now, those are the two main reasons, but a third reason that's important to me is that you can afford to be generous. When you've got money, you are that person that when people come and tell you a problem, you have the power to just be like, yeah, I'm going to give you five grand. And the feeling of giving is just, I think, better than the feeling of receiving. So if that is something that is meaningful to you, remember that I will be able to be so generous when I have built up this pot of funds. A SIP, self-invested pension plan, can be better than a stocks and shares ISA in some cases because you effectively pay less tax and because you can't use the money until you're about 58, it forces you to save. So if you're the kind of person that thinks you'll be tempted to use that money, put it into a SIP. After that, you won't have the option. In America, they can borrow against their pension savings. In the UK, no possibility. Let's talk about each reason in turn. So the first reason is flexibility over when to retire. In the past, a lot of work-based pensions, also known as defined benefit pension plans, you'll hear this term being thrown around, so I thought I'd throw it in there, used to allow you to retire quite early from between the ages of 55 and 60. But most of these type of schemes are being completely phased out and are instead being linked to the state retirement age, which is for you, currently expected to be 68, but they're talking of moving the state retirement age to 70. This is a future possibility, and if you haven't built up a lump sum, you won't have the choice of retiring early. You will have to work until you're 70, which for some people can be very difficult 
especially if they find that their health or their energy levels are declining in their 60s. Whatever happens, the funds that you build up in your SIP can be taken from up to 10 years before the state retirement age. This means if the state retirement age moves to 70, you'll still be able to use the money that's sitting in your SIP from the age of 60. If you and your husband are putting £125 each per month into a SIP, then I calculated for you that when you're 55 and you're currently only about 30, that money, if it grows at just a real rate of 7%, real means even after inflation, you would have £250,000 at the age of 55. And if you go on until the age of 60, you'd have 375,000 plans. There are a few more numbers that I calculated for you, but I'm not going to just ram you with all these numbers right now. I'll just put a link to the blog that I wrote about this so you can see the sort of range of returns that you can have. I mean, even if this 250 pounds per month just grows at the rate of inflation, you would have at the age of 55, 135,000 or at the age of 60, 180,000. Big money. We're not talking small numbers. These sort of returns aren't cuckoo. They are not crazy. According to the balance.com, the S&P 500 index, which is the index of the 500 biggest companies in the US, delivered its worst 20-year return of 6.4% a year over the 20 years ending in May 1979. And it had the best 20-year return of 18% a year in the 20 years that ended in March 2000. 18%. And for you, I'm just talking about a 7% return. I think that 18% doesn't account for inflation. So that would still be 50%. These are good returns. Of course, they're risky returns. Various sources suggest the S&P 500 has returned roughly 10% before inflation if you buy and hold the money you invest in it. But of course, it's useful to remember that this past success doesn't guarantee that the future returns will be as good. But even if they aren't, right now, you would struggle to find a bank account that gives you an interest rate of one and a half percent. Even half a percent is hard to find nowadays. When they give you a good return, like one and a half percent, and that's good in quotation marks, they usually limit how much money you can put into that bank account. Back to flexibility on when you can retire. However, unless you believe the U.S. has no room for growth, then this total of 250 per month that you're saving could amount to a lot of money over a 25 to 30 year period. And this would allow you to retire with a decent income well before your state retirement age. And most people don't save, so you'll be able to retire well before your friends even have that choice. If your mortgage is fully paid off by the time you decide to retire, then your cost of living could be low enough that even a modest growth in your SIP would provide a comfortable income for you before your state pensions and your workplace pensions kick in. Now, the second reason you're saving is so that you have added security from having extra retirement income. Having money in a SIP means you can top up your retirement income. And if you have the SIP, it would mean you have five sources of income. You'd have two state pensions, yours and your husband's. And keep in mind that we have no idea 
how the level of state pensions could change over time. Then you would have two workplace pensions as well, yours and your husband's, and you would have your SIP. If the pension income from your jobs is going to be lower than whatever your final salary is, then having the access to extra funds that you've saved over time will mean you can more or less maintain your lifestyle. This will be especially important if one person lives a lot longer than the other. And this brings me to the one special feature that SIPs have that all your other four pensions do not. And that's the fact that if you or your husband dies, the state pension stops coming through completely for the person that's died. And the workplace pension either stops completely or is massively reduced. However, whatever money is outstanding in the SIP, sitting in your SIP, would fully transfer to the spouse without any penalty. Just to be clear, I will make that point twice. A workplace pension either dies with the person receiving it, and at that point the spouse receives nothing, or from that point the spouse gets a heavily reduced benefit of 50% or a third of the amount that was being received before their spouse died. A lot of people forget about this feature of SIPs and other defined contribution pensions. I won't go into the differences between defined benefit and defined contribution pension plans here, but if someone's interested, go to themoneyspot.co.uk and leave me a message with whatever you want to know. Finally, when can you expect to start spending this money and should you try to spend it in specific ways or on specific things? Technically, the plan is that you will never have to spend the capital, but can just spend the growth of your money. So for example, if the fund is worth £250,000, when you start drawing from it, and if you're earning a 10% return per year at that point, then you could just withdraw that 10%, i.e. the £25,000, or you can withdraw less and spend that. If the rate at which you're withdrawing the money from your pot is lower than the rate at which that fund is growing, then what would happen is that your pot would actually continue to grow even as you're taking money out and not adding money to it, which is crazy. Can you imagine that? The research suggests that the ideal withdrawal rate to increase the likelihood that the money will never run out is 4%. But given you have pension income from your jobs in addition to your state retirement and you're not worried about passing wealth on to children, you could be more aggressive than that. In good years, take out more than that. In bad years, you could afford to take nothing. Once your other pensions kick in, you can say, oh, this year the stock market's gone down. We're going to leave our fund. In years where you get a 15% return, you take 10% out. Just so much choice. As for how you spend that money, well, that's up to you. And it's a great problem to have. How to spend money is never really a source of angst, worry, and sleepless nights. Having more money doesn't only mean more holidays. It also means you can buy private health insurance, which might be a necessity in order to avoid NHS waiting lists at a time when your health problems are likely to be, you know, more frequent. And over time, the NHS might not be able to cope with the volume of people. And being able to buy private health insurance would give you a lot of peace of mind. And I'll go back to one thing, which is your mortgage. 
a pot of money gives you the ability to pay your mortgage off early. So one thing worth adding is a note that once you can withdraw money from your SIP, you're allowed to take 25% out as a tax-free lump sum. And if you guys have saved £250,000 together, you could take £62,500 out in one go, tax-free, and this could be used to clear your mortgage, get a refurb, whatever. You would then be allowed to take the rest out as an income, or you could buy an annuity. With an annuity, you essentially buy a fixed income, which keeps being paid to you for the rest of your life. But once you die, that money stops coming and you don't get anything else. But I would not recommend an annuity for you, given you have two fixed pensions coming each, so you don't need that extra security. And because interest rates are so low, annuities don't tend to be worth the money. So what you could do instead of buying that annuity is withdraw just the amount of money that you need from the SIP every year. But this is in the future. You guys have got plenty of time to save. You would pay taxes based on what you take out. So you'd basically manage your withdrawals to minimize your tax bill. When you've got 250K sitting in your account, you can afford to pay an accountant to tell you the optimal amount to take out in order to minimize your tax bill. Flora, I have enjoyed answering this question for you. And I hope this gives you more motive to save, whether it's the flexibility that's attractive to you about when to retire or the security of just having the pot of funds or the ability to be the generous giver. Enjoy saving. I've caught up with you since we set this whole thing up and you've told me that you haven't even felt like you're saving because we've got everything on direct debit. That makes me feel awesome because that's what I tell people. When you start putting away small amounts of money, you don't feel it. But when you check your savings account, your investment account, you realize you have actually been working hard with your savings. So keep going, girl. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. If you want to ask me a question, read my blogs, or support this show in any way, please type themoneyspot.co.uk into your address bar and you'll be redirected to my personal website.